This is PBE Daily Early Mornings and Late Night Podcast and my name is Point Blank Evombi. Now this is one episode which I have to say has been inspired by a friend asking me as to why I never touch on this particular topic and as much as I kind of hesitate to touch this one I think man what's the worst that could happen? I think I'll just give my so far conclusions drawn that I'm sure will change as time goes by but before we get into that it's yet another week where I got to enjoy things that I did over the weekend and the weekend has come to pass and it's going to be a beginning of a new week which has even greater things planned out for me. I've got a lot of drawings to complete and some have been making great fruition and great straps and get strides and let's be honest I've been having an interesting couple of days where I'm actually finding myself being more effective in the happiness I find with the work I create than the resentments I would have against anyone who would think that the work I do is built only for uh, commercial purposes but there's a selfish angle that comes to every single piece I create and I'm grateful for those who actually take the time to actually let me be a part of their work and I'm also grateful that in my own personal space I'm actually having more time to be happy with that which I create for me and the note taking is beginning in the best way it can which is swirling in my head and that is the last thing a client would like to hear but i've been very honest with my clients and they they understand where i'm coming from but away from all that there's this thing that i felt is the topic i want to touch on today <laughs> let me just say this the topic i want to touch on today is one that i must say it's informed by conclusions i've drawn in typical PBE daily fashion, conclusions I've drawn from past experiences, from observations made of others in certain capacities, and how I feel the conclusions drawn by some others outside of what I think have never really been given the opportunity to actually be analyzed top to bottom in the best way possible. Okay, I'm speaking in code. Let me put it to you this way. I'm touching on my take on what marriage is. I've never been married. I've never been in a relationship that actually lasted long enough to potentially be married. I haven't made it to the position where I was close enough to even make a proposal. With The relationship never really has gotten to last that long. In great part, it's my fault because I have this vision that I want to fulfill and I will make little no compromises until I effectively complete them and thus as a result I chose to not try be in relationships or potentially lead to a marriage because if a relationship can't even last a year or two years because I'm so stuck in my ways and even the small compromises I think I'm making I ended up uh, ending up costing more than bettering that which we're trying to do uh, maybe it's good to tap out and just find your own way around it it, it helps that the couple of people I've met uh, across the globe and it, not only through social media communications because when I say across the globe I mean I've been talking to most of these people through messaging and all that because thank God for the internet because the world is my oyster we all communicate with one another in like one platform and in, in, in the same period in time but here's the thing when I first thought about what marriage looks like the first things I used to draw inspiration from would have to be film and literature that touches on love stories and here's the crazy thing about most of the stories which I saw it always began with the whole angle of 
I love this person and because I love this person, I will do any and everything to make sure they're okay. I tried that angle and I'd break my back to try and make sure the person I care for is okay. But me trying to break my back to do it, metaphorically speaking, ended up costing me more because you spend more time trying to create the physical comforts that would lead to you being with this person. And as a result, you suffer because that which you're trying to achieve ends up falling flat on its face because you're then absent. You're not providing that which they want. And because you think fiscally, and by you I mean me, you think fiscally, you end up worrying more about making sure the fiscal means is present before you actually do anything else. And heck, I feel it would be wrong if I don't speak in numbers. Okay, here's the thing. As far as my dating life is concerned, and it's probably why heaven forbid my exes hear this and they actually get get offended but ah, we're here now i would never say let's go on a date if i have less than five g's in my pocket matter of fact it got so bad if i don't have 10 we're not going on a date we may not use all 10 but i feel when we go out with the 10 the experience would probably cost half that but the other half would end up to being the extra to actually milk that experience for all it's worth and maybe that experience will last us longer now maybe i should have used five and then five but expensive tastes cost and even when you make the suggestion for the expensive taste you have to make sure you're willing to go the extra mile so money was always an issue in every relationship i had if i didn't have enough i wouldn't be trying to get somebody to go out with me and the emotional investment would then come after and i think that was one thing that made me fail in regards to relationships but then fast forward to then me looking at the different relationships i've seen in regards to my friends i've seen my pals who my circles have proven to me one thing i know very good people most of the people who are in my inner circle as far as i'm concerned my inner circle the few of them who ended up having kids are all with their kids and the mother of their kids except of uh, for an exception of like two but everybody else who i know they're with their kids and the two who i'm saying are an exception it wasn't on them that the mother of the kid is not there the chick made the mistake seems like a unicorn but these are facts and i base that because i know my people and i know how they move because 90 percent of how they're moving i'm there I'm present with them as they're moving the way they're moving. Away from that, I started thinking about the whole idea of marriage. And I've never, like I look at the marriage my parents have, and I feel the beautiful thing about them is that there's an understanding they have of each other and there's a, a way they treat each other that I feel is, they, they seem happy every time I see them together. And if, I've, if they've ever had like a disagreement, I don't think I've ever saw it. I've never seen my father raise his hand against my mother. I've never seen that in any way, shape or form. I've never heard my mother speak ill of my father. And and the degree of what you would potentially say speaking ill, it's not something that would make me resent either side on what their conclusions are. Because sometimes I know that just has nothing to do with me. I shouldn't even have a dog in that fight. It has nothing to do with me. I just happen to be the spawn they put on this earth. And heck no regardless of any situation they both know what in any, any part i can play in being the son that they need me to be at a certain time i will step up to the plate and i will do what needs to be done but here's my understanding of marriage 
And this is a very romanticized idea because I watch a lot of movies and I research a lot of interesting things. And I will base it off of this argument. Actually, no, this this phrase and this craze that has been moving around. This goes out to any person who's used these words in regards to the relationship. My king, my queen. Now, for those of you who consider your relationships to be like royalty, to have like its monarchy, king and queen, some of you may not like what I'm about to say. Some of you may relate. Some of you may have to bite the bullet because it's coming harsh and it's not going to be blunt in any way, shape or form. So here we go. Aristocracy, which is something I constantly dive into, not only on this podcast, but the other podcast that I do. 1513, go and have reports, check that out. Now, in the initial idea of aristocracy, be it chiefdoms and kingdoms, marriages were organized for the purpose of the state. You want to have perfect relationship between this community and that community. Let's keep it on the chief level first before we go to the king stuff. Between this community and that community. Chiefs would marry into certain clans and into certain tribes in order to have no reason to fight because you don't fight family. So it was basically an arrangement or an agreement to make sure everybody's cool. That everybody understands each other. That everybody does not look at each other in the, in, in, with a side eye because why would you look at, at a side eye to a person who's taking care of your of your sister? And because it's your sister, he knows that if you ask for something, you're going to be taken care of because chief doesn't want to make his his wife unhappy. So there could be countless wives, but those countless wives are basically political office holders. They're making sure that this state or this chiefdom is taken care of. That was the purpose of most of the arranged marriages by chiefdoms in that state in regards to aristocracy. Let's bring it down a notch. Let's say the middle classes, right? And this is outside of even chiefdoms and farmers and all that. Heck, let's, let's go with the hypothetical of farmers. One farmer has this portion of land. The other farmer has a certain portion of land. They grow different plants, but they know that this particular plant that I grow on this farm and that guy's particular plant that he grows on his farm, when I finish my yields for a certain year and I've harvested, the break that this piece of land needs in order for it to be able to plant that particular fruit again is maybe we swap the kind of products that we actually sell with each other. But then let's say either side has a child who could be a relationship that would happen a marriage between these two would mean consolidating of these two pieces of land and now double the wealth is being made by both families and both families are taken care of affluence can be born from that because these two families have become one and then the rise continues from there that's a hypothetical but that's just based off of like farm aristocracy but then let's let's take it up a notch and let's bring it to the 1800s 1700s and everything let's look at the kind of shows we watch i'm talking downton abbey and all these kind of shows that used to have us try to understand how aristocracy used to get married right let's go through that marriage or because i feel let me just stick to the marriage part let me stick to the marriage part because this is this is intense marriage was made as a consolidation of wealth or as a consolidation of assets that exists to potential wealth. You married into certain families to see the potential of wealth that could be born from it. For those who came from, say, lower classes and they're probably marrying into higher classes, hypothetically, you married a person, say, 
the female comes from aristocracy she comes from uh, a potential proximity to wealth you as the male who has proven your capacity to provide and grow and yield and make things happen through the abilities that you have a learned and actually practiced your the parents of who could potentially be your in-laws are vetting you based upon the practices they've seen you execute and the successes that you potentially have thus if you are unified with their daughter you will take not only the successes you gain but the forms of the successes and experiences that you've gained you will garner that particular form of knowledge into what this particular relationship exists as far as the kind of wealth that could be gained from the assets that these people potentially have as a family the in-laws would want to make trade with you or the trade that you've chosen is a trade that is an asset to this particular family so as a result when your skills come side by side with the skills of your father-in-law or your mother-in-law the boosting of the wealth of the family continues and the legacy is made even more strong because of the children who would come thereafter and that's just based off of trying to make wealth come into existence another thing i'm going to put in there and this is probably the most controversial part and i apologize if this comes off harsh but this is just observations i saw and i'm as i go i'm finding different ways of understanding it you never married a person or you never got hitched with a person who you felt health wise would be a risk to your health as far as the children who would be born thereafter you want those x and y chromosomes and the child that they actually birth thereafter to be a child who's stronger thereafter it's almost like a sense of without saying it harshly it's almost a sense of breeding and in this sense of breeding you're trying to breed a better version of you if that is a warrior class and this is a warrior class and this is where we're going back into the barbaric times if you saw that there was a strong will in that female you'd probably marry that female so that the children you would actually have would have the strong will to continue the legacy thereafter and this is where i get harsh with, with aristocracy because in certain parts in, in hamburg or whatever there was a certain documentary series i watched on on youtube called the royal secrets and the documentary series the royal secrets they tell you about the kind of flaws that certain royal families had and some kings ended up being considered mad kings because of the different uh, venereal diseases that they contracted because of the careless lifestyles that they had and in other cases there was the certain royal families which felt the only way that they could control vast territories is if they had daughters who married into these different communities or also into these different kingdoms across the across the European continent right now the father of this main tribe made one big mistake and i call it a mistake because it was a stupid thing to do he made it law for a brother to impregnate a sister and the child born could be married into the different aristocratic families across europe now you shouldn't have kids with your sisters or your first cousins or anything close to that because there may be certain family flaws that just become even more concentrated in the families thereafter and as a result things started going sideways the british royal family was smart because they decided you know what maybe go further down like maybe twice removed four times removed so that yes we maintain the crazy stuff at the top and we kind of fix the stuff as we go down because let's not forget Elizabeth the 2nd and Prince Philip are first cousins just putting it out there just putting it out there now outside of that let's think about the idea of how people perceive marriages today first things first let's not deny this fact 
yes, you love someone and you love them enough that you want to spend the rest of your life with them. However, when the time comes for you to have a wedding, the wedding ceremony is just for you to bind yourself with faith and law. But the law part is where we actually keep on having problems in the current day and age. A wedding and that certificate you sign is a legal contract. It's like a binding contract, like a company contract. The love part is out the window once the document comes up. And that's why when it comes time for divorces, there has to be a consolidation of assets split in a certain way. See where the tricky part comes in. The love part is very important because it makes things stay in perspective, but the love part can actually fall short because we're not sure what we're trying to achieve here. And all we hope to do is be together till the day we die. But in recent years, we're thinking about prenuptial agreements and you're also looking at marriage as potentially making your way out thereafter. And this is not in mockery or trying to criticize the different people I know who've had failed marriages or the different people who are potentially going to get married. But as long as you're both in understanding of what you're together about, maybe you can avoid the pitfalls of what failed relationships look like. I know friends who the relationship they have with the, with the, as, as far as being couples is because they were together as friends for five years and they became even closer and their families knew each other that it naturally led them to be married. Lately, it's turning into timelines because we're trying to, we're fighting this rat race called existence. And as this rat race is being run, we're hoping, we're really, really hoping that maybe we'll be able to get back into the potential of being together and we fear that because our pals have their kids too early or our pals already have their kids that maybe we should reconsider how we get our kids. And you feel you're going to be late as a parent and clearly as a guy who's in his mid-30s right now, I probably have, I'm late on the timeline of having kids but if I can't take care of them then why would I actually put myself in a position of having to have kids? Because these are the fears I have and until I, I alleviate these fears I'm not going to put myself in a position where I have circumstances worse than the ones I had growing up because I kind of had perfect circumstances in my case. And the competition sense of how everybody wants to be a rival with the, the person they're in love with is weird because let's go back to aristocracy. There are some kingdoms which were born from a warrior king and a warrior queen and they both led side by side with swords in hand and they all stayed strong. I'll give you a perfect example. When they gave us this idea of what allegedly was uh, Sparta and how uh, Leonidas and his wife were and how they were both powerful figures. And because they were powerful figures, they knew they would better society because they were powerful figures. I've always been inspired by strong women and I feel a relationship I'd potentially have is with a strong woman. And if this woman is strong enough for me to be by her side as she does her thing, and she's also strong enough to be willing to be play number two with me because I'm always gonna be her number two no matter what. If you're not gonna fight for you, my job is to make sure the extra effort is put in in the sense of i got your back you fa you face the front your back is covered and vice versa relationships have always had a hard time as far as being explained to me because i also don't notice i haven't spoken in any way shape or form in this entire podcast episode about the sex part because everyone is narrowing it down to the physical attributes and the physical um uh, pleasures that come with it there's more to it as far as relationships are concerned. It's why one of the reasons when I, I'm invited to a wedding, I want to go more to watching the nuptials be exchanged than I want to go for the reception thereafter. I care about the marriage vow. 
those words are intense and then let's let's not forget they're being said before god and the law of the land these things to me are very very vital that's why i don't jump the gun and also it's in the same case that i don't jump the gun when it comes to using the l word i don't just say i love someone if i've ever said the words i love you to you trust me i say it knowing that i've vetted in every way shape or form my use of the word and i hope to live up to that factor and sometimes what you love you can't be with you accept that you love this and you just distance yourself from it it's a painful fact to actually say and i do hope that this episode is satisfactory to the friend of mine who suggested that maybe I should talk about relationships and it's coming from a person who's bothered and going into 3 years of being single october will hit and I'll be a single man for 3 years straight and I'll say this yes I can't kind of miss the pleasure that come with it and yes I miss the whole camaraderie that could potentially be in a relationship but not enough to make me put myself into compromise because I feel the next time I get into a relationship the person will have reached a point in me that nothing will stop me from doing any and everything for them hopefully it doesn't come with me having to have a fight with my family to prove to them that i love this person because the last time i did that it didn't really work in my favor but that's my take to me be very cautious before you use the tag king or queen because i never see you run your kingdoms There's very few people who use the term king and queen and I've seen them effectively run a kingdom. And until I see that, I'm going to keep watching. I know this wasn't heavy, but still say it with me. Be Caesar or be nothing at all. Thanks for taking the time to listen to yet another episode and until next time, enjoy yourselves a brand new week, let's have some fun with it. Oh no.